Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hey you, welcome to the latest edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Blasting sounds at you every Friday like an audio Sunday paper gone wrong, alright, filling your head and your heart with telegraphs from the Temple of Tech. This is your weekly dose of infotainment rest cure from the tech surgeons who bring you PC Advisor, Techworld, Macworld UK and Computerworld UK. And today... Digital Arts. Every seven days we escape the rain by ducking into the audio comedy tent at a disappointingly corporate audio rock festival, waiting for casts to finish on the main stage as we chew over the big issues of the week in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. You can hear us thanks to our sponsor Audio Technica and find us on iTunes and Soundcloud. Don't forget to subscribe, review and tell your friends. Do it right now, listener. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I am delighted to be joined in conversation by the Injustice Fighting Chris Martin, Consumer Tech Editor of PC Advisor. Hello. The Faster Than Lightning Charlotte G, Editor of Checkworld.com. Good morning. And the very, very frightening Neil Bennett, Editor of Digital Arts. Hello. This week we are talking Facebook's F8, HTC's 10 and Amazon's £300 e-reader. And in the end it turns out it was all a dream. So, pin back your lug holes, listener. I am going in. HTC, easy as one, two, three. Easy as HBC, ABC, HT, I don't know, Chris Martin. <laughs> HTC had three ones and now it has a 10. What gives, my brother? So... Yeah, HTC has launched a new phone and it's dropped the one as in the word one. Right. From the model name. So now it's just called the HTC 10. So it's gone straight from one to 10. That's like a leap of nine. <laughs> M7, M8, 1M9. Sorry, 1M7, 1M11. Yeah, so it's the <laughs> HTC 10. And now it's the power of 10. Right. Which is uh, to do with partly HTC building phones for 10 years oh. and partly 10 being the perfect score. So 10 out of 10 is what they're aiming for. It's going to be tricky this time next year, isn't it? So yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to, this one goes gonna, up to 11. It's yeah, going exactly. to be um, Spinal Tap. Yeah. Sponsored phone. So um, I noticed a certain amount of meh in the reaction to the HTC 10, but we saw a lot of audience interest on PC Advisor. A lot of audience interest. Yeah. So, so should we care? I think we should care. 
Um, even though smartphones have got to very much a kind of hit a ceiling where it's very difficult for these companies to differentiate and and make them new and better and make people want to upgrade. Uh, yeah, we were kind of a little bit shocked at how many readers were trying to find out all the details and um, were interested in whether they were going to upgrade from their even their M7s that they'd been using for many years. So, I mean, typically speaking, HTC's made really great phones. What is great about this one, if anything? Um, so they're following a very set formula, basically, from the last three phones. So where LG's kind of shaken things up with the modular design and um, Samsung has just tweaked its design HTC's done something similar where the design is basically the same um, but there are hardware improvements kind of throughout so the screen's better the camera's better the audio's better um, generally the whole thing is performance better performance is better they're basically claiming that it's the best phone on the market in a number of areas the best phone ever pretty much and HTC also makes nice products I mean they were the first to make a metallic phone I think Possibly even before Apple to make a fully metal phone. That is possibly true. Yes. Put bone of contention between them. It doesn't really matter, does it? But the point is, they, no. they were they were certainly the first non-Apple manufacturer to make a device that you would be proud to kind of hold in front of actual human beings. Yeah, I think I remember saying something along the lines of the M7 or one of the original ones being the first kind of Android phone that had come along with a build quality to match Apple. Yeah. Um, and they have maintained that, but it, it, it you can't help but feel a little bit bored by um, similarity sure. sometimes. Well, we don't want our listeners to feel bored. No. So uh, how does it compare to like the Huawei P9 and the other flagships that are, that are out there right now? It compares very similarly. We've kind <laughs> of <laughs> we've, we've reached a point where all of these phones have quad HD screens. You know, they're all perfectly good enough yeah. on the processor side of things. Obviously, we benchmark them and stuff, but the numbers kind of are meaning less and less yeah. as we go on. Like, you don't notice the difference when you're using them. Um, so it's really coming down to things like camera and, like, I guess what you'd call special features like waterproofing. Um, audio? Audio, I think, is still much more niche than, say, the camera for yeah. most people. Um, but they really have gone down that avenue, so uh, a bit like Sony. Um, so if you are an audiophile looking for the best phone in terms of audio, then the HTC is possibly one of them. Although arguably the LG G5 has the uh, hi-fi module that you can plug in, which has an amp and a DAC inside. All right, so wow me with the other differentiator, which is price. How much is this going to cost you? Price is actually a little bit higher than I was expecting. Right. So it's 569, which is the same as the Galaxy S7. Um, That's a tricky spot to be in if you're competing against Samsung. It's tricky, yeah. Um, and the G5 is has already dropped to 499, and it's only been out for a couple of weeks. So, hmm. So, I think we're probably struggling to find something to get too excited about. Let's open it up to uh, Charlotte and Neil. You know, neither of you are uh, professionally particularly interested in smartphones. Anything grabbing you about HTC's launch this week? Do you I care? I just want a phone that has decent battery life. What, what phone, if you don't mind me asking, what phone are you using right now? Is this one of your um, uh, Chinese specials? Yes, I have a OnePlus 2. Okay, that's a great phone. Though. Yes, yes, it's a very good phone. And it has an excellent camera. Probably the best camera 
ever had on a phone for. Um, but uh, um, it, it also, you know, you kind of always have this situation where battery life gradually yeah. declines, and it's kind of annoying. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and as I said before on this pod, um, I use a pretty cheap phone principally because mm. it's got better battery life. Mm. And it's really important on, on a sort of grander scale. It's actually really important because one of the things that will help us hopefully solve. Um, power as an issue in terms of the environment is batteries mm. uh, being able to transport power from one place to another yeah and it does seem to me there's a challenge for these companies who are, who are competing for headlines and HTC is a classic example of that that they add features and they add power mm. and it actually if anything makes battery life worse yeah yeah well, do you true. care you're an iPhone user aren't you yeah I've got a, quite an old iPhone um, probably will upgrade at some point in the near future but I think what's, what's interesting about this is, is this is that you know we're saying this is a, a really great phone, but it's very hard for us to get excited yeah. about it. Yeah. We're so used to having revolutionary mm. new features yes. come out from, yeah. from yeah. you know, even, well, they may not be revolutionary. They're certainly being described as revolutionary yeah. with every new Apple release. Mm. There's something that comes out that's actually just pretty damn good, and you go, yeah. Eh, meh. Yeah. So, it's uh, so hard to differentiate. Well, that, I think that's the whole point, isn't it? And HTC, this is it, it is a company that actually is struggling a bit. Because yeah. it doesn't have the scale of Huawei, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have the um, peak um, quality, or at least perception of peak quality of someone like Apple. Mm. So you know, so stuck in the middle. Yeah, and I think, well, and that's the worst place to be. Always, mm. you'd rather you'd better off being a sort of cheap bargain basement mm. company, or the very top. And you know, I think what we saw in terms of audience reaction is there are a lot of people who, once they've got an HTC phone, love it and want to stay yeah. with it. But how you convert someone new to a phone that's five hundred quid? And also, Apple's yeah. very good at locking you into their ecosystem. Yeah. You know, once you've got the phone, and then you've got the iPad, and then you've got the computer, and mm. you've got the apps, and your information it's is no shared escape. seamlessly between them. Yeah. At what point are you going to go? Well, actually, I'm going to make my life more complicated, and uh, mm. and you know, by throwing another phone into the mix. Apple mm. basically hangs around outside schools, handing out free <laughs> first joints, which is the iPhone. <laughs> and then once you're hooked on the iPhone, then They've you start got buying you. all the other stuff. For Lifetime life. user. You find yourself living in a basement. Uh, honking on an iPad <laughs> or something. Yeah, Apple is the uh, Irving Welsh role in train spotting. Yes, much, yeah, that's yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's Apple. Okay, so basically, what we're saying, and we haven't tested it yet, but the HTC Ten is likely to be one of the best phones on the market this year. Yeah, it, I mean, early impressions are that it is a very good phone. Yeah. Um, I I guess the the problem from our point of view or, or my point of view in terms of getting excited is I've seen all these phones I get we get all You're the phones dead in. inside. <laughs> yes. So you, you do want to rotate in your in your role at work. Should I we just, do a swap for a while? I mean perhaps from a reader perspective who you know they don't yeah. see these phones before they come out and all this kind of thing. Perhaps it is way more exciting for them. And it did seem to be during yeah. the the live blog that we well, did. There was, I mean, without wishing to talk too much about, uh, without, without wishing to throw daylight on magic, there was something interesting about the launch, wasn't there? Because they trailed that it was going to be a live stream, and then it wasn't. Yeah. So, so there, was, there was no actual event. It, it was it was surprising for starters for there not to be like a physical launch yeah. like we would normally do, like with Huawei um, a couple of weeks ago, where there were two thousand people there and they make a big hoo ha about it. Um, I do like a hoo ha. <laughs> um, so we were a bit surprised about that. We then thought, oh, it's going to be launched online at one o'clock. Um, they provided, you know, said join us on htc.com at one o'clock and, you know, we'll, all, will be, all will be revealed. Um, and it wasn't actually a live stream. The details just appeared. 
Mm. And there was like a two, three minute video explaining the phone with a few other videos of um, some kind of uh, customer reaction to different elements. So sure. we ended up doing a live blog anyway um, and just explaining the phone to all the no readers. Nothing's happening. <laughs> I, I just explained the phone to the readers uh, bit by bit and then did a bit of a Q&A because uh, these companies don't often answer all the questions yeah. uh, very well that people have about these phones. So it, it worked quite well. Potentially, you know, quite a refreshing change from the bombast, as Neil said, like that every every launch has to be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. But it's going to be a challenge, isn't it, I think, for launch this year? Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Like, um, Vive is going to be their... So the H the, the their popular VR product. Yeah, their VR headset's going to be probably a bigger winner than this phone. Okay, so without, let, let, let's see what uh, our esteemed colleagues think as we go around the room. Uh, Chris Martin, HTC 10 launch, HT A plus or HT must do better. Bit of both, but uh, we always get this every week. It's a bit of both. Uh, I try and make these binary. I know it's just too difficult to choose one or the other. Okay, so HT meh. H- yeah, HT meh. Okay, HT deny. Yeah, that's the third option. Is is that your answer, Charlotte? Yeah, yeah, I've got to go with that. Then. Yeah, Neil, HTC A plus. HD dunno or HD must do better. Yeah, whatever. Where's my vibe? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell, we'll take a short break and we'll be back to talk Facebook. Charlotte G. Like. Like. <laughs> like. Like. Wow! Like. <laughs> like. What has Facebook been up to this week? Well, um, they have had their annual um, F8 Developers Conference. What does F8 mean? Uh, that's a very good question. And Is it just, as we discussed yesterday, a key on the keyboard? I That is what I presume, but I'm, I'm now that you've said that, I'm wondering but, if there's a deeper meaning. But if you're going to go for F8, why wouldn't you go for Spacebar? Hmm. I'm not sure Spacebar sounds... Fate. Is it, is it their fate? Fate, F eight, oh. fate, maybe. Could be. Spacebar sounds like it's overpromising. Well, I was thinking F eight is a bit more UK Tech Weekly podcast uh, developer conference. We'll call it Spacebar. Yeah, I think so. Or maybe Function. Function. I would call it Tab. 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 Ooh. 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 We could drink cans of clear cola. Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, Sounds great. So, uh, what else did Facebook do other than have a developer conference called F eight? Um. Well, the main. Uh, announcement and certainly the main kind of area that's caught uh, interest in the press has been the announcements around the messenger app and chatbots so they're going to be integrating chatbot uh, functionality into messenger so you could message uh, well actually there currently is a bot for taco bell taco bot so the idea is that you transact over messenger yep so the business uh they from their side they have a sort of automatic uh customer service assistant um which is to be clear not a real person um you message them it's a bot you message this bot and they kind of take your order and process it for you cutting out kind of the middleman i suppose or stealing jobs and this is a little bit like um, there's a product you've been trying in the UK. Is it Hero? Oh yeah, yeah. There is yes. There's an app actually um, that does exactly that. That's about messaging, 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 messaging. Let's go messaging. with messaging. Yeah. Uh, 
for businesses. So basically, it's meant to eliminate that annoying kind of staying on hold for ages on the phone yeah. and sort of recreate the experience you have, like WhatsApping your friends, but for a company. And and there's been sort of a bit of talk about this. We talked about it mm. with, with regards to Microsoft Build recently. Yes. Um, and the the argument from the technology side is always that younger people don't like phoning. Yeah. Um, Apparently millennials don't pick up the phone. Yeah. Um, and, which is, you know, a thing like, guess but the reality is as you sort of hinted at before it's much mm. cheaper for a business to have a yes. bot that reacts to customers than it is to have pesky humans getting in the way yes true true and also i mean i would like to see some of the evidence behind some of the claims made around millennials because i saw something yesterday that claimed that millennials don't eat meals which i'm pretty sure is not uh, uh, hang on accurate. a minute we talked about breakfast before you came on <laughs> yeah. the show and it transpired oh who didn't have breakfast okay yeah yeah the i know millennial around the table Guilty as charged. Yeah, we apparently don't eat meals. Who knew? Just in they case just, Charles' uh, parents listening, she's going to have a large afternoon meal, so it should be all right in the end. Yeah, okay. don't worry, mum and dad. Yeah. Love you lots. Um, yes, anyway, uh, back to chatbots. So that will be stuff like um, you go on and say, um, call me an Uber to you know, your home for example, or whatever address. You just would say that to the bot and then it would go away and do it for you. Yeah. But the, the question is whether or not you will have your own personal chat bot or whether you'll interact separately with different bots for each individual company. So Probably, you, eventually, you'll have your own your own one. Okay, so you have your own character that you speak mm. to, almost like a kind of Siri... Like or, Siri or Cortana, okay. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And then and te- technologically, it's really interesting. Yes. Because to be able to tie all that stuff together is... Is, is a big ask. artificial intelligence sure. and deep learning and, and specifically what facebook said this week was that in the us from now mm-hmm. you can transact with bots over messages yes if it's uh enabled by that company i mean i think cnn have got a chat bot at the moment i think the problem is well the, pro- the problem so far is that it depends on the quality of the bot because some of them um sort of for example i don't know if you try and ask what the weather is mm. if you unless you sort of phrase it in precisely the way that it's used to it won't yeah. know if you said like how hot is it today it might not understand that versus what's the forecast for the next three days and that's a bit like uh, with with google search like boolean search mm. it really became a mass market thing now yeah. it's much more um what's the word semantic search mm. so it guesses and understands what yeah Neil, this is a subject you've been looking into quite a lot, isn't it? I was going to say, the, the, the key difference here is that you have bots at the moment. You go on Dell's website, you go on Apple's mm. website, someone it will pop up and will ask yeah. you questions. But in the same way that kind of, because um, it's a bit like autonomous cars, you know, at the moment you have like parking sensors on your car. Uh, you, these are very, very simple things. You know, mm. you have a process, you put some input into it and it gives you a, a series yep. of predefined responses. Mm. You know, these are the kind of chat bots you, you know, that you have at the moment. Yeah. The difference between the future is going to be artificial intelligence. These yeah. things are going to be thinking for themselves. You know, as you said, you know, it's semantically looking at the words mm. you're saying and working out Learning. kind of what you mean rather than what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that's going to be that's going to make a huge difference. The in the meantime, though, however, there's going to be some awful stuff. You know, the first generation of bots are going to be terrible. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, but they need to learn. I mean, the whole point of this and the whole they need to learn. <laughs> they need to learn. Yeah. Well, they're kind of like. Well, they you know, do. They're kind of like a toddler. Yeah, you, know, you well, have a toddler. We were saying with regards to Tay, the uh, Twitter yeah. bot. Yes, actually, that is a teenage 
person who needs to understand its limitations. So the fact that it's been spewing out all this racist invective is just because it's repeating what it hears. Yeah. yeah. It needs to understand the barriers. So that that kind of backs up your point, I guess, that they need to understand and learn and develop over time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, actually, I thought Tay was a brilliant experiment. I mean, from mm-hmm. a PR perspective, it wasn't great for the people behind it, but... Or for Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But it shows what happens if you take an AI and you don't train it well. Mm. And it shows why you do need to actually, you know, train these things to, to actually be helpful and guide them along the way. Mm. Because the worst thing would be, as a company, to have this kind of interaction with your customers, but it not to work. A yeah. bit like, you know, yeah, exactly. when, when there was a rush for companies to get Twitter feeds... And that was great. And your parcel didn't deliver, so you could tweet at post office and they'd say, yes, we've understood your complaint. And then nothing happened. That's loads worse than mm. them not being somewhere there because you just met a call. Yeah. So, so from a DA perspective, from a digital arts perspective, I guess creatives need to start thinking about the user experience of, yeah. of interacting with the bot. Well, I think we know where the bar is when it comes to bots. And that's the, what you get when you phone up a call centre. Yeah. 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 You know, recently my, um, a tree went down in my parents' house and, uh, you know, took out the BT line and they had Your real trouble. Had trees in their houses? Yeah. <laughs> a tree near, well, down the road from them. Took out the, the, the uh, line, go, the uh, telephone line going mm-hmm. going through it. And they had real difficulty getting hold of BT to try and get a service and yeah, try and get people. Oh, I've been there. And that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the line. If bots can provide, they don't have to be perfect. Yeah. They don't have to deliver. They just have to be better than what's available yeah, yeah, at, I agree. At, at the moment. So I think it's a case where, you know, you'll start seeing very, very simple bots offering very, very simple services Mm. and they will then learn and they'll get better and get better and get better. And actually the really good thing about Facebook being involved in this is that they have these scale so that the bots can learn from everyone's experiences. But in the short term, in the next six months, you're going to have some horrible, horrible times getting really bad responses from these things. But every time it gets it wrong, if Facebook and these companies are doing it well, they will actually learn from that experience and get, get Facebook better. Facebook is the perfect test bed because as in the same way as with its sort of general media business, because people actively choose to interact with it. People mm. present their information to Facebook. And so, yeah, I completely take your point. Charlotte, I feel like I stepped in when you were about to say something. There. No, no, that's fine. I know. I, I was just going to say that um, the thing that's interesting is obviously, I mean, I when I was kind of doing a bit of research, I realised that bots... Bots have been around since the 1960s. So this this kind of idea of interacting with something is not... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage... Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. New, but the thing, that's in, the thing that is interesting um, about this is kind of Satya Nadella, uh, Microsoft's um, CEO, sort of referred to it as conversation as a platform. And the thing that's interesting is what developers will build for using kind of yeah. chatbot tech. So it's kind of where this will go. I think the only thing that I would say is that um, obviously the good thing is that Facebook has huge scale, but also the slightly scary thing is what are we, what exactly are we divulging to the companies that yeah, we're no, ordering from? It's good from a business point of view. I mean, mm. One of the questions I was going to ask is, is this creepy? Do we feel weird? Yeah, because they'll have your credit. I mean, if you're ordering a pizza from a chatbot, they need to have your credit card data. Let to... me just think about ordering a pizza for a second. <laughs> so good. Visualize, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, one of the things that, again, to your point about this not being new, that does strike me about mm. this is we kind of do this already. And it's that yeah. classic thing of, because um, I feel slightly icky about the idea of, of uh, well, there's two aspects to it. We'll come on to the jobs a bit in a minute, but I feel slightly icky about the idea of um, interacting with an organisation in this way, mm. giving up my my information mm. to it. But always, 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 or it seems to be in the Western world, convenience trumps concerns yeah, of yeah. privacy. So I am yeah. quite happy on a Friday night to text Domino's, mm. other pizza makers are available, but they're yeah. not as good. Uh, uh, and, you know, in return for... I was about to start listing know. alternative pizza places, sorry. Papa John's is all right. Papa John's pretty good. Forezza, yeah. near where I live. Papa yeah. John's is better. Really? Yeah, it is better. That's Just as long as you don't go pizza, but that's mainly because I worked there about 20 years ago. So okay, I, yeah. I know where the bodies are buried. Yeah. There are no bodies buried. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they got used and put in the pizza. Exactly. <laughs> what am I saying? Domino's has the best boxes, though. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're new design boxes. Yeah. Really cool. I'm, I'm not too bothered about giving a bot my details. Mm. Well, I don't. What's the difference between me typing my card details in on a website and ordering something than giving it to a bot? Isn't it basically the same? Mm. Yes, I, yeah. I think it is. Sorry, I'll go on. I was just going to say the difference is actually is whether that information is just shared between yeah. you and the company. Or whether it's transferred. Or, or whether Facebook yeah. keeps some of that information. Now, if they keep some of that information just to train bots to get smarter mm. and they you know, properly yeah. anonymise it, then that's fine. But if they then build that into their big marketing database and start going, oh, you, you know, you, we know that you always phone up and have a, you know, order a pizza at this particular time. Well, so that's... we're going to keep, you know, we're going to sell that to a competitor. So suddenly, instead of you getting an email from the people you always order a pizza from, you're suddenly getting five people going, oh, pizza, naff off, stop emailing. Me. <laughs> yeah. So the privacy element is yeah. is interesting. Yeah, well, I, th- I think. I think the point I was trying to make, and Neil just made it better than me, is that because um, I was obsessing about pizzas. But is that um, is it? It's not necessarily. You're exactly right, Chris. It's not exactly as if you're giving over any more information, and you're still giving no. it away to an organisation. But as this technology develops, it's going to at least initially feel creepy because you will start mm. to be um, presented with opportunities based on your geography because you've got Facebook yeah. on your phone, so it knows you knows where you've you got are. a friend nearby. Knows time. It's all that stuff. Yeah. Which, on the one hand, could be seen in a benign way as being um, just a, a, a means of making your life more convenient and better. Mm. But we also know that it's driven by marketing. So you're going to end up, as we do anyway, spending money on stuff you don't necessarily mm. want. Or it's, it almost becomes a bit like social engineering. But as I'm saying that, I realise I sound like the sort of person who wears a tin hat uh, and is scared of white. No, but I think, I think it's a valid concern, though, because I think certainly when you look at... Because I, I think inevitably 
you will eventually just have one chatbot that you interact with for, for all of these things. Brian. Brian, let's call him. You can probably tell um, him whatever you want to call him. Yeah, yeah, Brian Sue. He's going to be called Colin. Brian. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. So Brian the chatbot, that you're, you're, so sort of like your, your personal butler. I guess. Brian the, but the, thing Brian that, the Bot Butler. <laughs> Brian the Bot Butler, yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound quite right when you put it that way. Um, <laughs> he, um, Takes me back uh, to prep school. Um, so, so, yeah, what was I going to say? So the thing, that, the thing that's kind of worrying is how much Brian is going to know about you. Brian's, Brian might, might know you better, better than you do. Yeah. So Brian might start suggesting stuff. Exactly. For example, I mean, this is, I think... I mean, don't get me wrong, I think all round, yes, it's going to make people's lives more convenient and there's not that a great deal to be scared about. But just the sort of, the, the kind of push marketing stuff slightly, that does well, slightly it's, worry me. It's also human nature to feel weird about that stuff. Mm. Like in, in the 80s, you millennials won't remember this, but they used to put fluoride in the water. They, mm. uh, the local authority used to put fluoride <laughs> in the water. It was the categorically Illuminati. a good thing because it improved the quality of people's teeth. Yeah. Um, and there was a point when it became an issue because um, some people were like, that's kind of impinging on my freedom mm. not to have fluoride in my water. It's impinging on my freedom to have bad teeth. Mm. Um, and people do sometimes, probably quite natural, although that's clearly a cracker's example, reacting that way. But then it does seem that, you know, our interaction with technology over the past decade mm. or so suggests that we're, we, we're prepared to be kind of enveloped in the warm arms of some tech if it makes our life at least appear marginally easier. Yeah. And we feel, and I think also it's feeling that people have consent, have given their consent yeah. for it to use yeah. our data for this this thing. Yeah, so I think if it sort of randomly started saying, hey, you know, it's 5 p.m. on a Friday, do you want me to order you a pizza well, i don't know why i would be doing that at that point but if yeah. that was if that was what, early pizza. if that was what you if that was what you did every week i don't think um, i don't think these bots are gonna mm. change much of that whole situation really yeah it depends i guess it depends on how you use devices at the moment how mm. private you want to be but yeah for me i don't think I, any more of my information could probably be out there mm. i don't like good point i don't think using one of these bots is gonna yeah. Yeah. make any more difference really and i'm sure companies will tweak kind of appropriately like do you want to be reminded about this or do yeah. you so i'm sure ultimately they don't want to annoy users so much that they don't actually use it so and are you concerned about the uh, loss of jobs that is i mean is it inevitable that um, tech like this is going to i hear i hear some uh, stats where people talk about 30 percent of the workforce in a country like the uk no longer having at least the same job yeah, in in sort of twenty or thirty. I think I don't think jobs will dis. I don't think that so some jobs will go, and in the short term that will be very difficult. Um, and and you can't really and you can't kind of really un- underestimate that it will it will be difficult for people that are affected by that. Um, but I think it will also create new jobs. Yeah, kind of people that are I don't know, training the chatbots or monitoring or analyzing. Yeah. There will be kind of jobs around that as well there'll be but, more advanced jobs like that mm, but the jobs that the bot yeah. will take over the simple they won't be replaced like for ones. like yeah yeah there's not always that what that basically that's the interesting thing it's things you know if you're an independent financial advisor or an mm. accountant or a lawyer yeah a lot of that work mm. you know mm. is doesn't require um human creativity so much as attention to detail knowledge. yeah and, knowledge, yeah and you know algorithmically a lot of that stuff can be done better anyway yeah like trading, stock market trading is pretty much all done algorithmically. I don't think anyone will mind that one so much. Although, no. mm, 
I say that, but then you look at like the flash crash. The flash crash. And all the bots yeah. selling when they should have been buying, or vice yeah. versa. Stupid bots. Yeah. Stupid Brian. <laughs> uh, so, I was just going to say, actually, I don't know. I mean, will you know, will bots re- replace you know solicitors and lawyers and stuff like that, or will mm. they just replace the admin people who who work there? I think the it's going to be it's the simpler stuff. I mean, in terms of you know, we talked about you know call centers being replaced by bots. Yeah, mm. most of the level of call centers that uh, you know we're talking that will be replaced by bots. Those jobs have kind of been outsourced outside the UK. True. Anyway, yes, so I think so that's going to kind of no. I think there's going to be that's going to come into the debate about it as well. Yeah, is that you know companies are going to if this is a cost cutting measure, then companies will have already sort of outsourced those jobs. I saw. So I've got a stat here. Boom. Um, Gartner reckons that up to 85% of customer service centres will, as they put it, go virtual by 2020. But I think that I think that really means um, that we're looking at job losses for 85% of people who work in call centres up to, which is a bit of a cop up. But that is, but but basically that will be that will decimate call centre jobs. So. I don't really know what you do about that. I mean, re- try and retrain people. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really, really difficult issue. Mm. Presumably, firms like solicitors and that will choose not to use them to protect their job sets. Well, there would be an element of that, definitely, and there already is, like with regulatory things. Like, think about buying a house or whatever. You have to do everything by letter mm. or fax. Yeah. But, it, but that is part of the... That is Keep it old. There's an element of protectionism there. There, mm. there are reasons for it, but mm. they're not good reasons. Mm. Okay, great chat. Good chat. That was a strong chat about mm. Facebook. So let's go around the room. Uh, Chris Martin, kiss my Facebook or say it to the hand because the Facebook ain't listening. Kiss my Facebook. Charlotte G. Yeah, definitely kiss my Facebook. Neil Bennett. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yep, you're not, you're not so going to make it. the podcast. <laughs> yep. Right, okay. Listener, give yourself a couple of seconds to recover from that and we're going to come smashing back in and talk about Amazon. Neil Bennett. Ta, 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 ta. You keep reading, you keep, keep reading, and you keep reading, you keep, keep reading. Amazon had a big announcement this week. What's the deal with that? Well, uh, Amazon has launched a uh, luxury version of the Kindle, and uh, everyone seems to have uh, lost their rag over how expensive it is. Mm. How expensive is it, Chris? It's £269. But that's not the most expensive one, is it? No, it goes up to £329. <laughs> £300 and how much? £329. Oh, outrageous. So that, that's the difference between the Wi-Fi only and the one with free 3G. So who is going to buy this? Beyonce. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, businessmen with a lot of money who travel a lot. Do you want to hear uh, my theory on this? My parents? I think that's. I think that's the thing. This is, you know. Well, sorry, I just no, no, no. Your, your, my theory was your parents. Yeah, <laughs> it's a kind of. You know, I think that people are saying, "Oh, it's a lot of money for an e-reader," but it seems to be something which has been very well designed as a as a product. It's supposed to be a kind of thing that you'd be happy. You know, that my parents or you know my other half's parents would happily take on holiday with them in the same way that they would rather turn up with a hardback book yeah. than a than a paperback book. Yeah, that's basically my theory in in a slightly more theoretical sense. But I think, you know, in the same way as when you go into Starbucks and there are always three different price options for everything, this is the premium luxury product. Amazon owns the e- ebook market. Mm. Uh, and so if there's a product at the top that's 300 quid, the £110 Kindle e-reader, which is perfectly great, suddenly looks really cheap. Mm. You've also got a minimal number of people who are going to buy them. So in the same way as, you know, um, some... 
tradesmen, tradespeople, um, decide to charge more than everyone else because there's a certain amount of work going around and even if they lose some jobs, you might as well get the jobs where you get paid the higher yield. Mm-hmm. Um, people buy uh, e-books for gifts. So again, there's almost a, a benefit for it being a bit more expensive because um, it uh, feels like a better gift. And basically the point is, if you're going to buy an e-reader, you're probably going to buy a Kindle. So there's now this broad range of prices and you can decide whether you want to go super premium or mm. relatively budget, still over 100 quid, or all points in between. And the question is kind of, is it, you know, is, really, is, is that too much money for what you're getting? You know, if you're getting something which has been crafted and leather bound and, yeah. you know, feels, feels nice, mm. you know, that's not a well, I mean, in the case of the 300 quid one, it's got 3G. So, you, it, like, there's convenience there. Wherever you are on the planet, in principle, you mm. can just download a book without ever having to think about but it. But is it that hour. different? Well, the, that's the thing. I would say not. I, I think, yeah. like, for me, the um, I've ne- not actually seen this new device, but I can't conceive no. of experience than like the the, the backlit paperwhite. Yeah, paperwhite. The paperwhite. Yeah. yeah. I can see why Amazon have done it, but as yeah. a consumer, I mean, I've actually got more than one Kindle. I don't know how this has happened. <laughs> but, Listen to her. <laughs> but I use but I use the paperwhite because um, it's backlit and that's kind of kind of quite handy. But I don't see how. I for me, like. It's pretty much just fine. I don't. I don't really. I'm not saying it's like the perfect e-reading experience, but I don't really see how it can be that vastly then, improved. Maybe to incrementally. Go, to go back to my torturous coffee analogy, a cup of coffee is just fine. Mm. But people do spend the extra fifty p to get the hazelnut roast, yeah, and all that stuff. <laughs> and you know, or you know, a haircut's just fine. But mm. as a man, you can go to. Mr. Cuts, I don't know. You can go to a £5 barber or you can go to a £30 barber and there will yeah. be a difference, but it's not that much of a difference. Yeah. It's to do with experience, it's to do with the feeling of quality. I guess it's people I guess it's people that want to have, the, I mean, the feeling of luxury. Yeah. This is why they exist. People want yeah. to kind of... You can't blame Amazon for people going even Having too like much money and not enough sense. Because there wasn't really anywhere else <laughs> they could go. Yeah. But also, if you look at you know, real books, yeah. Yeah, you can go and buy a £5 paperback yeah. in, yeah. in um, yep. you know, Tesco's. Very or you point. can go and buy a you know, hardback Penguin Classic that's been beautifully designed yeah. uh, yeah. from Waterstones and pay you know, five Very times good the price point. for it. And that is why I have my fully leather-bound, illustrated Lord of the Rings trilogy. Wow. I wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be the same if it was paperback. Good so I've just basically brought myself around to the opposite view. Yeah. Well done. Leather-bound... Uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Pretty cool. Yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, All the nerd points there. <laughs> so Amazon dominates the ebook market. How do we feel about that? I mean, it really dominates the ebook mm. market. Are we, are we, is that a, it? Can't be a good thing, can it? Competition's always better. Everyone's mm. looking at me. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Tell us. Yeah, I think it's a shame to not have as much choice. So we talked about it in a previous podcast about. Nook shutting down its UK store, yeah. and although that's being switched over to Sainsbury's, Sainsbury's doesn't have the yeah. same power of selling that kind of product that Amazon does. So, I mean, Amazon does a great job. You know, I, I, I read Kindle books all the time, but it can't be helped. And it, I tell you, it's not good from an author's point of view no. um, because basically Amazon sets the price and that's it. And it's not great for a kind of variety. Um, mm. point of view either to have a market that's so dominated by yeah one this i mean this is a problem with tech uh, in so many ways that i i don't know the, i guess the problem is that maybe the barriers 
to entry. I don't know. Maybe they're too high. I'm not sure. I think the barriers to what entry are actually really low. It's like it's like when um, uh, who was it when the Mercury Music Award the other year having been Elbow, mm-hmm. um, and your man from Elbow said. There's never been a better time for getting your music out to the mm, world. Yeah, There's never true. been a worse time to make money from it. And yes. it's certainly the tr- it's true of all kinds of publishing, but book publishing is the same. Mm. You can write a book, nothing about me really, uh, you can write a book, uh, and you could publish it tomorrow, and it, in principle it could be read by everybody. Amazon, mm. Amazon is absolutely clear about that, as long as it hits certain minimum standards, and yeah. my dad's book definitely tested those standards. Um, you, 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 can, you can publish, um, but then whether anyone buys it or not is, mm. is controlled and Amazon actually yeah. controls the pricing as well yeah so the it pricing is, is the main issue really yeah. isn't it is well I think the problem is that our laws haven't adapted to yeah. the digital age which I say totally. I've said that in every about single every podcast. single podcast yeah. but it's basically if it was um a kind of you know a company that was viewed as being physical although obviously they are physical they're a huge infrastructure I do feel like they would be regulated differently. Yeah. If oh, that no, was an energy company, there's no way would we want to have one company setting all the prices. Yeah. So don't know what you do about it though. But as customers, sort of. we like it. Yeah, yeah as customers, yeah, we, we like it, we and like... we and we are partly responsible for that situation. It's convenience. Yeah, I saw a yeah, talk by is. a neuroscientist a few months ago. Mm. You know, come out there instantly, download book. Got a book. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Don't absolutely. Need to put your details in. I can buy it on my phone. Yeah. It's on my. It is driven by our yeah. behaviour. I I agree. So everyone here reads ebooks. Would that be fair to say? Occasionally. Occasionally. I, I yeah. prefer a real book. Ooh. Oh no! I, yeah, I read ebooks every day. I'm exclusively an ebook guy. Yeah. But you read it on a Kindle, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So I, I have I read, a Kindle. I, I, I read books. it on two Kindles simultaneously. Yeah, see, that's <laughs> great. Again, whisper sync. That yeah. is, do you, we forget. Do you that. hold them and have one page on one and then one on the next page? There we go, yeah, like that. Yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, listener, she is reading yeah. in the style of the robot from Short Circuit, John yep. 5. Ah. Data. Yeah. Need reference. input. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's what I do as I read. <laughs> Need input. Must learn. Do you read it really fast and then go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I do. Always comes back to bots, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so Amazon is 20 years old. Whew. I believe. Anyway, it's copyright notice. It says 96 to 2016. So, oh, right, so. okay. Um, how's Amazon doing, do we think? Pretty much fine. Yeah. It's in profit now. <sighs> I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they seem to be absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, making a lot of money from uh, web services now. Yeah. Um, actually making profit. Uh, just a really interesting company because it's a bookshop that's now a tech company. Yep. There's now an it does cloud services. Provider. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone wants to be like that. You know, if you look at what Uber's yeah. doing, it starts. It started off as a you know as a taxi company, mm. and now they want to you know they want to use that infrastructure to, to be dominate Uber. the world. Yeah, to be Uber for anything everything. and everything. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the smart thing about Amazon actually is that they recognise that um, what they were good at was distribution. Yes, quickly. So instead of selling books, they they became a distribution company, and then they recognised that. Um, what was great was that their web infrastructure was amazing. They yeah. could deliver this service all over the planet. So they started selling that as a yeah. service and now they're dominating the cloud server industry. And Facebook's yeah. doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the kind of more minor announcements at F8 yeah. were like, you know, them looking at leveraging the fact that they've got all this, you know, kind of infrastructure. Mm. They've got all this kind of way for people to communicate. And it's like, okay, what other you know, markets yeah. can we try and take over? Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, that, that could be interesting actually. If they, because essentially they kind of have their own cloud services, and then they realise, oh, at, you know, we've got some spare capacity, we could sell it, and then it turns, uh-huh. yeah, kind of Facebook cloud. And yeah. uh, Jeff Bezos, 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 yeah. the yeah. Amazon guy, doesn't allow PowerPoint in the company. Fact. Okay. If you, if you want to have a meeting, 
you have to send a uh, bullet-pointed note of what you're going to say in the meeting, and then everyone reads it, and then you go to the meeting, and then they discuss it. So you don't have the chance to influence by emotion and presentation. That's okay, actually, with me. I think it's brilliant. That's one of I the like that's it. one of the best things probably yeah. you could have told me about. So you, so you can't so internally. The principle, at least, is internally you can't be sold on something. Yes, you have to have time to digest the information and yeah. make a decision. And also, you concentrate. If there's a PowerPoint, people stare at that yeah. rather than concentrating on what's actually being discussed. Yeah. And it can't possibly, you know convince them of anything just using words mm. obviously so there's no there's a slight flaw in that argument mm, I, think. Well, yeah. but I mean if, if they, well if there's a visual yeah it's not so useful if there's an actual perfect, visual element but I would say it's I suspect it's a reaction to working in companies where mm. the person who shouts loudest and in the most uh, convincing way wins the argument mm. which never happens in the publishing industry oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> on that bombshell <laughs> let's go around the room Amazon Kindle, great to read or going to seed. Chris Martin, great to read. Charlotte G, great, but I'm not paying that much money. Okay, Neil Bennett, give me a Penguin Classic. Great. Thanks for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, listener. It was a long one, but I think a good one. Um, Do get in touch and let us know your thoughts and opinion and to shake us down for cash. You can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at IDG UK. We will be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech, courtesy of our good friends Audio Technica. So find us on iTunes, SoundCloud and all the other places from which you source podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, reporters, that means reviewers, and tell us your friends. Go on, tell your friends right now. And until then, say goodbye team. Bye. Bye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.